Welcome to the Extraordinary Women Podcast, and I am so happy you're here. I'm Sherry Harmel, your host for the next 30 minutes or so, and you must be an extraordinary woman if you're here listening today. This is the place where we have conversations about relevant, current, and important topics for today's women. From finding that elusive balance that we all seek, to clearing out the stuff that we no longer need in our lives. Those are our conversations and not much is off limits. The mission of the Extraordinary Women podcast is to give you ideas, inspiration, and even hope that your dreams are absolutely possible. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Extraordinary Women podcast. My name is Sherry Harmel, Editor-in-Chief of the Extraordinary Women magazine, the must-have digital magazine for women looking for inspiration, tips, and support to create their fabulous next chapter and make their dreams happen. In the Extraordinary Women magazine and podcast, I share stories of women who are not celebrities, but women like you and me who have chosen to create and live lives of authenticity, passion, and are always dream-centered. The magazine, like this podcast, also has additional tips, ideas, insights, and even a dose of inspiration to help you to create your amazing and extraordinary next chapter. Life is short, so let's make each year our best ever. Well, the world is opening up again. Aren't all of us absolutely thrilled to have travel options again and maybe have more than a little confidence that we'll actually go on our planned excursions as expected? Well, I love to travel to all the places that I read about, the settings of the books that I, as you well know, that I read and the shows that I love. Sometimes my travels are in my birth country of the United States, and other times I'm exploring from my other home back in Paris, France. I didn't grow up traveling, though. My financially struggling parents just didn't have the extra funds for anything other than my father's crazy family picnic each summer. The only person who even valued travel in my family was my grandfather, He was a lifelong learner who left school after the, I think it was about the eighth grade, to work on the family farm. You did that in those days. But he loved books and National Geographic magazine. He was the very first armchair traveler I ever knew. And I love him for that. We'd have our talks sometimes in the evening, him in his chair and me on the floor, asking him what he thought of this or that in the magazines I was looking at. And I often wonder what path his life would have taken if he had grown up in a different time and with a different economic situation. Maybe that's why I intensely crave and yearn to actually sit in the places and spaces I've read about. But I, too, didn't have the funds for travel. My very first trip to Europe happened when I was almost 40 years old. My former husband and I were on a business trip to London, and frankly, we both fell in love with England. 
That began our frequent travels to England and Ireland and opened me up to this world of possibilities. Now, even though the marriage ended, I can still remember, just like it was yesterday, all the laughs we shared trying to drive a manual transmission car on the opposite side of the road with the stick on our left without panicking as we explored the Cotswold countryside. And there were pints of beer for him and cider for me in our much-loved pubs. I remember getting lost on walking trails. We never panicked. It was just kind of fun. <laughs> and how we, on those walks, fell in love with sheep. <laughs> Who would think? Back in London, we always included as many musicals as we could really physically slot in. The talent of the actors, the coziness of those old theaters, the funny ice cream at intermission, all spoiled us for anything less. When we moved to our horse farm back in 1996, I even named the farm Celtic Manor, thinking I'd create my own little slice of England in Minnesota. But our divorce caused me to have to choose. I was either going to have to learn to travel solo or I was going to have to stay at home. I chose solo traveling and I'm not alone because solo traveling is actually on the rise for all women, young, old, married or not. We women are traveling and often we do it alone. Now, because I regularly get asked how I manage to travel as a solo, I thought the topic might warrant a podcast. In some of my future podcasts, I'm planning to include several different women who have made travel their business passions, but today we're going to start at the beginning. Now, solo traveling can mean many things. The first type of solo travel is when you are truly alone, when you experience a particular place. You get on the plane or the train alone and you experience a location alone. It could be a week in, say, Amsterdam, or a weekend that you head to New York City to shop, see plays, visit some of the museums. This is the purest form of solo travel. It can be loads of fun, but it takes, honestly, it takes some solo traveling muscle. The very first trip I did this way was such a stretch for me that, frankly, I hardly left my beautiful hotel room. Time and practice, though, has helped me to build my solo travel muscle. And although I'm still nervous, especially if the language is an issue for me, I feel confident that I can do it. Someone said once that confidence is the remembered knowledge of an accomplishment or something like that. And so as I've gotten better at solo travel, or as I've done more solo traveling, the more confident I am. Because we build confidence by taking action and having experiences, right? Well, there are many benefits to this type of travel, but you have to have a plan. You have to have things that you want to see and do. And I find it best to have my theater tickets, my tour tickets, and even some restaurants booked in advance. I've also found that the hotel choice can be the most important aspect as to whether or not I'm going to enjoy this type of a solo trip. 
for me, I need a good hotel in a central location, preferably with a restaurant and a very nice bar. Why? Because I've learned that even when we're alone, we like to feel a part of the world wherever we are, even if it's our own neighborhood, right? If you live as a solo, you know that there is something truly lovely about working in a cafe or reading a book in a bookstore where you can hear people around you. Well, it's the same when you're in a hotel. Sitting in the hotel bar with a glass of champagne and a good book or my journal in the evening or a coffee with a newspaper, say, in the hotel restaurant in the morning helps me to feel surrounded by a community of sorts and to make sure that I don't feel like I'm completely alone. Now, this type of solo traveling can be absolutely lovely because you go to the places you want to see and you do exactly what it is you want to do. That said, I always feel I need a little bit of familiarity when I engage in this kind of solo travel. So once I find the perfect hotel in a city, I book all my subsequent trips to that city in that same hotel. We've got to remember that our brains crave familiarity to feel safe. Now, number 16 in London is that hotel for me. I've stayed at number 16 for over 20 years, long before Kemp and her husband purchased the hotel. It's actually a row of townhouses in the South Kensington area of London, but it's very close to the tube. It's uh, close to shops, close to restaurants. Now in Amsterdam, I stayed at the Pulitzer, which was lovely and offered, and I believe they still do, an amazing canal tour for their guests on this unbelievable little historic boat that's called the Tourist. How perfect is that? As for Paris, before I purchased my apartment, I always stayed at D'Abbasson or Hotel Christine. When I stayed longer, I used Paris Perfect, and I always stayed in the same building at Place Dauphine. Familiarity, let me tell you, does assuage any nervous feelings that you might be having, and it is best that you feel very comfortable where it is that you lay your head at night. I have to share a crazy little story. Only one time did I rent an apartment from a very well-known group that will go nameless, and it was horrible. I felt completely alone in the building. Truly, I never saw a single person. And I was sure that if I fell down those tilted, curving steps or got stuck in the tiny elevator, it would be months before anyone would find my body or what was left of it. The garbage room could have been the scene of a horror movie. <laughs> so I just ran in, dumped my garbage, and back out as quickly as possible. In the apartment, there was one window above the kitchen sink that faced the other buildings in the inner courtyard. And truly, there was not a person in sight. And at night, it was dark, dark, dark. And then on the other side of the room, there were two large windows that faced an alley. Now, during the day, it seemed fine. But at night, people would congregate in that alley to smoke. And every night that I was there, there were couples that were arguing well into the early morning hours back in that alley. Being around the corner from late night cafes isn't a plus if you like to sleep. Now, this was my birthday trip. And on the night of my actual birthday, I laid in my bed and cried because I was scared, I was lonely, and I was unhappy. The next day, 
I got up, I emailed the company and asked for a different apartment, which of course was impossible. So I decided that changing where I stayed was a supreme act of self-care and one that was very needed given it was my birthday. I went online and I booked a tiny room at the Hotel Christine. And as I walked my suitcases down Rue de Boussy and up Rue Dauphine, I realized that this was a very expensive, but also equally as important learning experience. Because when you're traveling solo, the apartment, the building, the location are much more important than if you're traveling as a couple or a part of a group. So when you read the reviews and you get caught up in how cheaply others travel, remember, you are a unique traveler if you're traveling solo. Another little tip of mine from my solo travels are that I tend to book my lunches at great restaurants that I want to experience. The lunches are quite comfortable for a solo lady and usually much cheaper than the dinners. Therefore, on days when I've maybe not got any plays or events scheduled, I will pre-book the restaurants I want to try. As for dinner, I'll often have some nibbles in the hotel bar with a lovely glass of wine. And that's the perfect ending to any day, right? Just one more thing about solo traveling that I've learned is that it's best to enjoy shorter trips. Now, this might just be me but I'd rather return more often than stay for an extended period of time when I am absolutely a solo traveler. So the Eurostar, for example, to Paris or London for a few days or a long weekend to New York City to see a couple of plays is the perfect length of time for me when it's this type of solo travel. Now, there is a second and truly just as lovely way to travel as a solo and I call it hybrid solo traveling. Last December, I booked a trip with Donnie Ballou from Girl's Guide to Paris. Donnie sets up small travel groups of women to places, more places, honestly, than you can absolutely imagine. From Africa to Mexico, France to wine tours in America, Donnie does a fabulous job of putting together women who travel well together. Many of these women become friends long after the trip. Now, this was my first girls' trip, and it's nothing like any other tour group I've ever signed up for. We went to the Alsace region of France for the Christmas markets, right during the rise of the Omicron, I think it was called, Omicron strain of COVID. My tour group was a mix of women. Some were married, some were solo, some one was widowed. Some were retired, some nearing retirement, and there was even one that was very early in her career. My particular group was led by Donnie, and I have to say, I thoroughly enjoyed every one of those women and would gladly take another trip anywhere in the world with them, if only to share our life updates. It was amazing, far beyond all of my expectations. I was surprised, though, at how easy this type of solo travel could be. And I call it hybrid because other than you picking where you want to go, everything else is arranged and managed. Once the trip begins, all you have to do is make sure you're ready by the morning meeting time and have an interest in making new friends, even if just for a week. As I said, we traveled during COVID and Donnie made sure we were all prepared before we arrived 
and receive the needed test to make our return simple and easy. Sharing the experience with a group of gals might be just what you'd prefer if you want to conclude each day with a long dinner and have that congeniality of daily sharing with this a group of women that are probably very open, smart, and interesting. I think Donnie puts those groups together beautifully. I loved it, and I plan to sign up for at least one of Donnie's trips every year. But why travel? <laughs> Good question, right? I don't know about you, but for me, traveling, even if it's armchair travel, sparks my creativity and my curiosity for the world and for myself. The more different cultures I experience, the more I learn that we humans aren't all that different, no matter where we live. But it is the stories and the history that intrigues me. I've always been curious about why a particular culture has the standards and norms that I view as so different. France is a perfect example. The more time I spend in France, the more I realize that much of their enjoyment and tolerances of the unique and the different, along with their obsession with rules and procedures, are so much a part of the layered history of the people and cultures that have occurred on the land that is France and has existed for centuries before the present. For Americans, that can be hard to comprehend, given we are a very young country by comparison to most. Travel also increases our creativity, and this is something that's actually been proven. It contributes to having an open mindset. And you know what? That open mindset is what keeps us young and curious regardless of our ages. So we should never say, I'm too old to travel. Never. But there are even more benefits to travel and some that we have certainly missed over the past two years. The experts say travel is physically healthy for us. All that lugging and walking and pushing and climbing is good for our physical health. Is it any surprise that we've all gained weight during our COVID confinement? America is a country of cars. We leave our homes, we get in our cars, and we park as close as possible to our destination. In Europe, doesn't happen that way. That's where I travel most of the time, so I know Europe best. It requires us to walk up and down loads of steps, you know, whether we're entering the metro or leaving the metro. Standing, you know, on buses because there's so many people and not enough seats. And we walk miles every day just to pick up our daily necessities or to meet a friend. I haven't even added the physical nature of moving our luggage to our destinations. Frankly, it's hard work, right? <laughs> and, and I have to say, when I traveled to Paris for the first time in 18 months last August, I was shocked at how I struggled to get my carry-on suitcase into the overhead compartment. It made me realize how debilitating the COVID lack of physical exercise was, and that I needed to pay attention to my strength building again. Now, I can do that through travel. I can do that through weights, maybe a combination of both. <laughs> well, travel also helps to decrease our stresses because it benefits our emotional health to leave all our worries and stresses behind, even for a couple of days. Now, you experience this with armchair travel, too. 
watching a beautiful play, soaking in an interesting exhibit, sitting in a cafe, intensely watching people because their conversations are in a language you don't understand, all contribute to reducing your life stresses and honestly really resets your emotional well-being. Now, as for armchair travel, I'm telling you my stress lowers when I watch the new All Creatures Great and Small on Sunday evenings. So armchair travel also has some really good benefits. Well, ladies, it's time to return to travel. We've got our shots, we got our boosters, we have our passports, and we have our suitcases. So let's plan, let's book, and let's pack. As one Delta airline ad says, the world has brought us change, but it didn't change who we truly are. Let's keep climbing. Thank you, everyone, for joining me today. And if you liked our conversation, please give me a review because reviews matter on podcasts and do come back for more. Well, we just finished up the very first three weeks to dream readiness workshop that I offer two times a year. At least that's what it is so far for our subscribers to the Extraordinary Women magazine circle. It was great fun. And the feedback from the women who attended was beyond my expectations. But let me ask you, how is your year going? Are you ready to do something different this year? Well, the Extraordinary Women Magazine Circle is just what you need if you're committed to making this the year you get started on your dream. You're done talking about it, done dreaming about it, and this is the year that you are committed to figuring it out, focusing in on one dream, and get yourself moving forward. In the magazine, we highlight two extraordinary women in each issue. Not the famous, not the celebrity, but women like you who have stepped into their big dreams by creating something special. In April, we'll be highlighting Belinda Gray a breast cancer survivor who created the UK charity called Art for Cure. Belinda took a frighteningly scary health experience and is paying it forward in a big way. And because we're all ready to travel again, you'll also meet Jane Birch, who founded La Cuisine Cooking School located right in the heart of Paris. It's a sure way to bring back some of that amazing French cooking I promise you that you are going to crave when you return home. And if you're not quite ready to travel, Jane and La Cuisine has created opportunities for you to feel and cook like a French woman from your home. So the magazine has interviews that will inspire you, but you're also going to get some tips, some ideas, and some ways that really support you to make your dreams happen. Now, I've been a coach for over 20 years, and I use every skill and strength I have to support you to move forward on your dream. This is a must-have magazine for every woman who's ready and wanting to turn the page and begin their next chapter. A chapter that's going to have you stepping into your dreams rather than just thinking about them. 
I'm passionate that every woman moves forward on her dreams because I know how easy it is to say, huh, someday I'll get to that. I said those exact words. And that's why it matters to me that you don't let one more day, one more month, or one more year go by with you saying, someday I want to do, and you fill in the blank. Who knows? You might end up as one of our highlighted Extraordinary Women in the magazine. And why not? So go to ExtraordinaryWomenMagazine.com and join us. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your precious time today. Your time is the most important resource that you have in creating your dream life. So thank you. Now, given I'm currently in Boston, I'll say see you soon. And to my friends back in Paris, Abiento. Thank you for listening today. If you want to hear more, just tune in every Monday for a new episode. And if you felt this podcast was helpful, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any conversations and that you also get notified when we have special gatherings. If you liked this episode, please share it with another extraordinary woman. And if you have a moment, I very much appreciate you leaving a review. Now, if you want to hear more about the Extraordinary Women magazine, which includes much more than just the magazine, reach out to me via social media or join us at SherryHarmel.com. I look forward to our next conversation, and I hope you do too. 